and welcome to From the Newsroom, the weekly podcast from the Holland Sentinel. I'm Andre Gamble, Managing Editor, and today I'm joined by our business reporter, Cassandra Libring. Hey, Cassie. Hey. How's it going? It's going pretty good. I'm so glad to hear that. And I'm also joined by our politics reporter, Arpen Lobo. How's it going, Arpen? I'm doing well. Um, Okay, so today I want to touch base with you guys about a couple of stories that we've been following this week. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about the the major COVID-19 news that Johnson & Johnson vaccines have been paused in the state of Michigan and and the rest of the country. But first, Cassie, I want to talk to you about some um, business news that you've been following very closely for quite a few months. Uh, For those that don't know, there has been a a business owner in Holland who runs a restaurant slash bistro, and she has not been following COVID-19 restrictions, including mask wearing and social distancing and, um, uh, you know, percentage restrictions in terms of how many people are allowed in her business. And her her name is Merlina Pavlos-Hackney. And... We got a little bit of an update today from this ongoing saga that has now moved to courtrooms. So can you tell us a little bit about this new info we learned this week, Cassie? Yeah, so there were some, uh, there were a number of motions filed um, by Marlena with the assistance of her uh, several attorneys that are based in Allegan. Um, And there were three separate motions. Um, The first was essentially a motion to have the case dismissed um, to basically say that they didn't have cause for the legal action against her and to say that, you know, they've, they've been treating her um, like a, like she is the business when technically she is separate from the business in this case. Um, And they pointed out uh, some, some things that they felt were, were unfair or uh, unconstitutional in the arraignment that took place after her arrest. Um, a few weeks ago. And so basically what it amounts to is they want her money refunded. She paid $15,000 for, uh, for contempt of court fees uh, in order to be released from jail. So they want that money back and they want um, a new hearing, a new arraignment, time to prepare for it. Um, and if they don't get all of those things, what they really want is for the case to be dismissed and for Marlena to get the food license back for her business um, under the contingency that if she were to go against COVID restrictions again, they would be able to refile. One of the things that, that I thought was really interesting, Cassie, in these filings is that the attorneys used um, the the language that the judge said in that first arraignment, which was fairly strong, um, as as a reason that they should get a new arraignment for their client. You know, this judge, um, Rosemary Aquilina in in the Lansing area, is the one who sentenced Larry Nassar, and we definitely remember some strong language from the judge. And in that, what were they claiming? The judge said that was so, you know, off base or, or what, what have you in, in this case in particular? So the quote that they specifically used in the filing was when she said something to the effect of when the sign outside changes to Burger King, you can have it your way. But when you're in my 
courtroom, uh, you have to respect me. Um, but it was more an argument of the fact that it wasn't a quote unquote traditional arraignment. They were saying she wasn't informed of her rights, that it was more like a trial, that she didn't have time to prepare for, that she was essentially sentenced um, on the spot. And their argument is that that wasn't just and it wasn't fair and that she did not have adequate access to an attorney um, to prepare for that arraignment. Interesting. Okay. D do we know when she will appear back in court to, to have this hashed out a little bit more? Yes. If I am remembering correctly, and I believe I am, it is 2 p.m. on the 27th. She will be back in court in front of Judge Stokes. Okay, we'll look forward to that. And then the other thing I wanted to, to talk to you about, Cassie, is another business-related story that involves uh, a staple at the Holland Farmers Market, Visser Farms, and a, kind of, again, another ongoing saga where Visser Farms set up a, I, I guess, initially impromptu farm stand on Chicago Drive last year, but then it was shut down by Holland Township, and they're back talking with the township trying to get that reinstated. How's that going for them? You know, it, there's kind of this big misunderstanding going on with this particular story in that Visser Farms itself has not been on the agenda in front of the Planning Commission for some time, um, for several months. What they've been working on instead is um, a potential amendment to township ordinance that would allow farm stands in general to um, conduct business in C2 or commercial zones. Um, so there's sort of been this, this misunderstanding in the public and, and even, I think, a little bit on the end of Visser in the idea that the decision is about this particular farm stand, when in reality, what they're trying to accomplish um, with subcommittees, they're now on their second subcommittee, is to make it possible for farm stands to conduct business in areas of the county with higher traffic um, than where they can right now. And what we learned during the meeting this week is that at first it was believed that farm stands could only be in agricultural zones in the township. But it turns out under Michigan state law, there's actually much more of the township available to farm stands. It's actually about two thirds of the land that we have. But um, the attorney who has been working with the city on behalf of Visser and other farm stands to try and get this amendment through pointed out that, yes, it's two thirds of the land, but it's not a realistic two thirds. It's a lot of residential areas that don't meet the standards that you have to follow to have a farm stand. So what they determined in their meeting on Tuesday is they turned down unanimously the amendment that would allow farm stands in all C2 zones because the township attorney said that would kind of butt up against state law. Instead, let's create an overlay district um, and pick specific areas like the shops at West Shore or potentially Chicago Drive where these farm stands could be allowed. So there is now a new subcommittee that is going to explore where these overlays would, would best fit and then that is the next potential action to to make this happen. Okay, that sounds pretty technical when you're starting to get into overlays <laughs> of, of different zoning. That sounds like something we'll, we'll continue to follow. All right, thanks, Cassie. I appreciate that. Thanks. 
Um, okay, we're going to turn now to Arpen. Um, you actually got to speak to Governor Gretchen Whitmer uh, this week when she was passing through Douglas in Allegan County. Uh, she was there for a, for a roads project, but you got to snag a couple of questions in there about COVID-19 cases in the state of Michigan and specifically the Johnson & Johnson vaccine being paused to you know, examine whether there is a, a risk for the general public with uh, pretty serious blood clots. What did Governor Whitmer say to you, Arpen? Yeah, well, well just to, to back up a little bit, you mentioned the, the pause on the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Um, for people that maybe don't know, Tuesday morning, the uh, Federal Dr uh, the Food and Drug Administration, excuse me, announced that they were recommending a pause of the administration of the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine. This is one of the three uh, authorized vaccines that is on the market right now to kind of com combat the virus. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine is a little bit unique from the other two in the, in the sense that it's a single dose vaccine rather than a two dose like Pfizer and Moderna. But Tuesday morning, the FDA announced that they were gonna recommend a pause because of the nearly 7 million doses uh, administered in the US, there had been six reported cases of some severe blood clots. Uh, the cases were all among women ages 18 to 48. And the New York Times reported that one of the women uh, did in fact pass away. Now, and it's important to note though, when you say those numbers, you know, six out of 7 million, that's literally less, less than a one in a million chance that you have this particular side effect. Uh, one of the things that made it, you know, kind of a, an immediate jump to action though, is that these specific blood clots are really serious and need to be treated differently than your average run of the mill blood clot, I guess. Um, so that, that pause was put in place pretty quickly. Right. The, the FDA, they announced it on Twitter and even they, they pretensed it with, uh, I think the words were out of an abundance of caution. Th this is something that they just want to uh, put a pause. They didn't give a timeline for how long this pause would be. Uh, we reported, and I think it was actually Cassie that reported that our local health departments are still holding on to those vaccines uh, for the off in case they are authorized to be uh, given again, because these vaccines are viewed as you know the best uh, health tool to kind of get us through this pandemic. But as you mentioned, uh, Governor Whitmer was uh, in the area, and so I did get the chance to ask her about it. And she mentioned um, something you just mentioned that you know less than one in a million, but she said we're going to be safe and we're going to wait to see if they're approved again and if they are we'll use it because we're going to use every tool we can to try and get through this pandemic now one thing i did ask the governor uh if, if you have been following along to the way COVID cases are trending in michigan you'll know that really for the past two months almost now we've been on an upward trend and really it's the it's the uh, largest hot spot in the country when it comes to new uh, COVID cases and case rates and things like that um, on the east side of the state, a lot of hospitals have started to implement surge procedures. Uh, Beaumont uh, Health System, for example, is starting to do some outdoor tents to house COVID patients. So, you know, th things are, are difficult on that front. And this is with the ongoing vaccine rollout, but a lot of uh, health professionals, this is something the governor has said that, oh, because we did such a good job uh, kind of containing the virus in the earlier stages, it allowed, you know, a lot of people to, you know, kind of not build up that immunity. 
So I asked Governor Whitmer on Tuesday, I said, well, with this news about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, and we know that around 200,000 doses of that particular vaccine had been administered in uh, Michigan, I asked her, with the loss of this vaccine, even if it's only temporarily, is that going to play in any factor on whether uh, you're going to implement or the state health department is going to implement additional restrictions or kind of roll some things back? And she said, no, um, right now, the uh, what the state government is advising people to do is just to be smart and kind of um, be responsible about how they go about protecting themselves with the virus that's, you know, masking up, washing hands and not really gathering with people outside of their household. So that's kind of the message uh, from the governor's office uh, so far, even as we're kind of facing a steep, steep climb in uh, COVID cases. Okay, so I, I guess I'm a little bit confused when the governor says we're going to follow the CDC recommendations when it comes to the, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, which you know totally understood, got it, message received. But then she it appears to not want to follow or you know have the MDHHS follow this direct message from the CDC director who specifically said on national television that Michigan should roll back some of these, uh, you know, freedoms <laughs> that we have regained um, and, and maybe go back to some more strict measures because those cases are so high in our state. Yeah, I don't think you're the only one that's confused. I think that's been a common theme of these past couple of weeks. I think people were ex waiting for the shoe to drop, you know, Oh, we, we have, uh, if you look at the cases every single day, you're like, wow, that's a high number. That's a high number. And you expect at one of these kind of weekly press conferences the governor does to, um, she will announce a new order uh, based on um, kind of whether it's rolling back restaurant capacity or public gatherings or things like that. It's interesting. On Tuesday, I brought up the fact that the CDC director, you know, literally said, oh, Michigan can't vaccinate its way out of a pandemic. Some restrictions should be in place. And Governor Whitmer was a bit, um, she said something I hadn't heard uh, from her before the, over the past year um, dealing with the pandemic. She said, well, the CDC director doesn't know what's going on, on the ground. She doesn't know the legal capacity the state has. And that was a bit um, jarring to me because, um, you know, Michigan, what even though it's not Governor Whitmer that has the authority to kind of institute these orders, the state health department does, and she appointed the director of the state health department. So if Governor Whitmer really wanted to push for, okay, let's roll back restaurant capacity and things like that, she could, um, but she hasn't so far. And it's something that uh, Republicans who have criticized her throughout the pandemic for kind of being too um, overbearing with these orders, uh, for example, Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky uh, complimented uh, the governor on Wednesday for not instituting new orders. So it's kind of a new, new uncharted territory this far into the pandemic to, in Michigan. I do think that it's important to note, though, that, you know, Governor, governor Whitmer was, you know, very adamant that, that the re restrictions that she put in place gosh, the first go around last year, you know, be followed, that they were very serious, that all of these things were to help keep Michiganders safe. But you have to kind of wonder, you know, as a result of all of that work, the reaction from some Michiganders was to, one, 
create a plot to kidnap her. And two, there were armed protests in Lansing. So does that play in at all to the the political calculation here about whether to institute additional restrictions at this point? I think it could. Uh, Governor Whitmer hasn't said anything uh, specific like that. But then again, you don't really expect her to. You know, with the way cases are kind of going, I think that there are people maybe a little confused that uh, really commended the governor last year for her kind of leadership during the time with, you know, being willing to to be the face of these restrictions, which were unpopular. Like you mentioned, you know, people literally plotted to kidnap and most likely execute the governor. That's I, I still don't think we've unpacked just how jarring that is. Um, so uh, at this stage, maybe, you know, she's talked about Michiganders knowing what it takes to kind of get through this. Um, uh, right now, we're in a situation where things things are looking rough, but I think Governor Whitmer is kind of hoping, you know, uh, residents can kind of be the ones that make this decision by themselves to uh, protect themselves and protect others in the state. Okay, interesting. We'll have to see if any new announcements come down in the next coming days. All right. Well, thanks so much, Arpin and Cassie, for joining me this week. And uh, we will be in your feeds next Friday for another episode of From the Newsroom. I'm Audra Gamble, and thanks for joining us.